preseason, regular season, postseason, Scott Harris. When you go into the hemisphere in San Antonio and take down the Iceman George Gervin and Artis Gilmore and the Larry Brown coach San Antonio Spurs, you celebrate. Even though none of the names I just mentioned are part of the current San Antonio Spurs, we celebrate. Mark, they're already tanking even in the preseason, the San Antonio Spurs. Let that be a lesson to Hall of Fame coach Greg Popovich. It may be early October. We brought the A game to San Antonio last night. <clears throat> a little bit disappointed in Jamal Mosley, though, Magic coach. Well, not him. Why? What did he no, do? No, no, no. Not him. I'm disappointed in one of the 19 people that sit behind the front row of the bench mm-hmm. because it would have been kind of cool. Four of the five starters played exactly 22 minutes last night. We could have gave, uh, given Jalen Suck three more minutes, and all five would have played 22, mm-hmm. and that would have made the box score look really cool. Yeah. Somebody wasn't paying attention on that one. Um, yeah. So, Magic uh, win last night, 102-99 over the San Antonio Spurs. Boom! Wendell Carter Jr. with the double-double. Yes. And I did actually spend three minutes looking up some names in the Spurs roster. Yeah? What'd you learn? Anything fun? Did I learn anything fun? Yeah. Doug McDermott's on the Spurs. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I did that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Magic uh, play again tonight, right? Yes. Melvin Turpin, Rolando Blackman, Derek Harper, and the Dallas Mavericks. This is true. All in action uh, tonight. Anyway, happy Friday. What, what, What's going on? Oh, that's your jaw. My jaw shirt. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Scott's birthday on Sunday. Yes. 16. I'm going to be able to drive soon. Look out, Orlando. So you should text Scott birthday wishes today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do I have to read them or write them down? Both. Okay. Yeah. So, Scott's birthday on Sunday. He's got big plans. Big plans. I do have big plans on yeah. Sunday. So I got a soccer game. So we say happy birthday to uh, Scott. There you go. Thank you. But you do have birthday weekend plans. Yeah. Are you like my kids? It's a month-long festival? Yes. Yeah. I I still don't get that generation. We're eating cake. Like the day comes and goes, and it's yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're going out to celebrate my birthday. Like, wasn't that a week ago? Like, well, yeah, Dad, but it's the you know it's the month. Mm-hmm. The month, yeah, it's birthday month. Everyone knows that. What? What? What, what are you a traveling festival? Yes, what? actually, I am. What is it like Coachella or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? By the way, uh, I told my girlfriend about what we or what you brought up on the history lesson yesterday. By the way, was I the first person to give you a gift? Yes. Hello. There we go. Yep. Mark gave me advice. It's priceless, though. Yes, it what is. What are you saying now? What? So I told my girlfriend uh, what you brought up on the history lesson yesterday on the show. About nachos. The yes. history of how nachos were uh, yeah. created. So you know what we did for dinner yesterday? Did you have nachos? We went and got, na- we went and got nachos. And were they good? They were good, yeah. What What, what, what were the toppings? Uh, ground beef, cheese, and jalapenos. Was it Was it good or was it like piled chips and then just the outer coating of the top? It was, but it was laid flat. It wasn't the mountain of chips. In so my this ear, tell e- me where you were. Okay, that didn't go well. Oh, 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 I know the restaurant you're talking about. Yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah. But we wanted nachos. We want to try okay. a different place. But they didn't do the mountain of chips. They did the flat. That's not bad. It's just, I think it's actually, if you're not going to do the individual chip with e- the topping on yeah. each chip, yeah. I would be way more in favor okay. of them laid out flat like that. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. Uh, we got a lot of football this weekend, which we'll talk about uh, college and pro and high school. J.C. Carnahan may be the most challenging high school Report will ever happen. By the way, this week, and I didn't know this, JC uh, emailed me. This is his two year anniversary on the show. Yeah. So, how great is that? We, of course, love when Austin mm-hmm. Lyon did it with us and love Austin. Uh, and JC was kind of take over when Austin switched his schedule a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been fantastic. Feedback's great. So, we love having JC on. I'm going to save it, um, but tell you where he uh, uh, where he's at this weekend. Okay. Because that's kind of neat. Um, and then we'll, you know, recap some the college or, or preview some of the college football stuff. And wow, last night, whew, seven field goals, 12 punts, mm-hmm. costly turnovers. Russell Wilson, but 10 sacks, four good. interceptions, uh, fourth down, Nathaniel Hackett. against a step on play the clip for Mike and I were Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if you have it in there on their fourth and less than a yard and they threw the ball and Richard Sherman in the post games yelling run the ball run the ball then Nathaniel Hackett with just kind of a weird sentence afterwards about the decision there and Scott's going to get the clip here to I think it's this one. we wanted to win the game it ended up being fourth and one and uh, got the go to go for it and thought that was a good decision. Wanted to put the ball right. in Russell's hands. Got the go to go for it? Yeah, got the go to go From for who? it. You're the head coach. Well, the, you know, he got the go. No, remember, they hired somebody to help him with late game clock management. Uh-huh. Okay. Here's the problem for Russell Wilson. He has no personality. He's not liked. So the criticism is times blank. Whatever yeah. you want to put in there. It's kind of like, well, I'll admit bad comparison because he's got a personality, whether you like it or not. Like Kevin Durant, God, you've heard me say this, is obsessed with social media and being liked. Yes. Russell Wilson, I think, believes he's universally liked without realizing that I'm guessing most players in the NFL don't like him. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like in Kevin Durant, you can't argue the healthy basketball side of Kevin Durant. Okay, he, he he's great. It's all the other stuff that it just kind of makes you go, yeah. But in Russell Wilson, if the football side's not good enough, it's hard to win people over. And it's not like he's got ten years in Denver going. Well, you know, he gave us those two Super Bowls. So, holy smokes, was that bad? Like I joked to Mike, the Colts are like out of running backs. Lytle Mitchell's coming out of the uh, stands. Uh, but how about that Thursday night game? Amazon paid how much for that one? I know. People did that all night on Twitter. It, it, it's not like you don't get some stinkers on Sunday and Monday. It's not like every game is down to the wire. It was a little bit over the top. of people like, well, they paid you know, $70 million for that game. And they paid, like, Bezos is okay because I <laughs> think. I think they made it back by the middle of the second quarter. Okay, so they're fine. Okay, they're they're. they're I was like, I was going to look up and see what next week's game is. 
It's the Commanders and Bears. Oh yeah, that'll that'll bounce them back. Yeah, I think you know Al Michaels the last three years in his contract allowed him to take I think one or two games off, and Mike Tirico worked. Mm-hmm. I think Al's going to be like, do I have that clause this year? <laughs> Can I take that game off? Is it possible that I skip that one? Well, good news. I also looked ahead. Then we have the Saints and the Cardinals after that. Yeah. That's a little bit better. At least you have Kyler involved. Yeah. And Jameis could throw seven interceptions in that game. If he plays. Who knows? By the way, again, the Giants and Packers snaps the streak of 31 straight games in London where you didn't have two teams with a winning record. Um, Both teams with a winning record for that game coming up on Sunday morning. Uh, for the start of all the action on uh, Sunday. All right, J.C. Carnahan is going to talk some high school football with us. It's been a crazy week of games played earlier in the week. We had a number of games played last night because Orange County's off today. We got some games being played tonight, games on Monday. We had a lot of... It's moving. Friday. It's called Friday Night Lights, Mark. Right. Richard Hale, uh, people talking about the Bobby Wagner hit on the fan who did file a police report, and Richard will explain... The legal side, like, is there a possible case to be made against Bobby Wagner for tackling the fan? Uh, later, Mike O'Donnell on Victor Wembayama. I did watch a little bit of that yesterday. He's so good. By the way, another good game for Aubrey Dawkins uh, yesterday, playing the, on the uh, G League Ignite team. The alien is so good. He's really good. Um, and then I heard uh, a part of the interview he did on the ESPN Broadcast they had a doubleheader last night, but they did the second game with the Lakers and Minnesota playing in Vegas, and Wembayama, who's there playing those two games, was on with those guys, and he looks the part. He does good looking guy, and and uh, looks the part. His agent did say, by the way, and I, I I am curious about this. His agent said they're not taking the uh, the year off. People said, hey, you've showcased this, you don't mm-hmm. need to do anything. He said, no, he's going to play. I don't know if he'll play the whole year. He'll, But he'll play. I mean, like, Luca, Luca played a substantial okay. amount. Listen, I, I think Luca would play a Major League Baseball schedule if he could. I just think he'd play 162 games. I'd be surprised if Wembayama plays the entire season with his team. But anyway, he, he did look good again uh, yesterday. He's going to look good in a, in a Knicks jersey, right? No, the Knicks are going to win 37 games and, and you know, be stuck with you know, some guy that'll have a decent season, averaging 14 points a game, that'll end up being nothing for the Knicks. With the symbol and at some point in no, his no, last no, name? No, 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 no. We'll draft uh, somebody from college that had a good February. And that'll be the reason why he'll be drafted, wherever the Knicks are. Anyway, we come back. Uh, J.C. Carnahan on the week that has been and will be for high school football. And we'll do that next. It's time to preview the night of high school football action across Central Florida with the Orlando Sentinels' J.C. Carnahan. Be sure to check out the Sentinels' coverage at orlandosentinel.com and click on the Varsity section. Yeah, the band that Daniels could not go to see when he was in high school. Parents were not about to let this guy go to the sportatorium. J.C. Carnahan talks uh, high school football. We're going to get to what is just a, a crazy schedule and everything. But uh, uh, first, uh, welcome. Good morning. A little rush to kick it off today. Pretty good, huh? 
Yeah, you know, that's actually the walk-up music for Pete Alonzo, yeah. by the way. So, yeah, uh, yeah man, you know, I'm, 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 you know I'm, I'm actually not a big Rush fan myself, but uh, that song is a, a top ten classic rock song, uh, bar none, in my list. All right, so Scott, uh, JC, who covers high school football every single day with a crazy schedule, though, is actually going to uh, take a little break, and he's going to go see Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction in Tampa and then on Friday and then Cypress Hill on Saturday. And, man, are we going to get insane in the membrane? <laughs> and then I've got to try to fit this uh, New York Mets wild card uh, uh, schedule in this weekend as well, man. So, uh, look, you know, after COVID and all that kind of stuff, uh, I just had to renew the uh, commitment to uh, uh, enjoying the live music experience and uh, the live sports experience and all that. And, uh, yeah, you know, my nine-year-old son, my wife, we, we, we uh, take the road trips. They do the hotel thing. And I, and I do the uh, trying to be young again thing, uh, you know, at the concerts. Good for you. Okay, I, I, I was trying to figure out how we dive into everything. So before we get to last night's game, we had some really good ones. You had a great one last night. Can you kind of walk me through last week when we had spoken and trying to reschedule games. We thought we had some games on Monday, then games got shifted, games got canceled, new games got scheduled. So what was it like before we even got to last night? Yeah, I mean, last Friday, obviously, the conversation we had, uh, you know, we were looking forward to a full slate of games on Monday. And then um, after we hung up, I, you know, I was busy trying to figure out uh, what's going on with schools reopening and things like that. And uh, the fact of the matter is, all but uh, two games from Monday uh, were postponed yet again because Orange County didn't open schools until Tuesday. Uh, you had Volusia County closed until Wednesday. Um, so, you know, you, you know, not only do you deal with the schools being closed, but then uh, the safety factor because kids have not been on the practice field, uh, you know, just not enough practice time. Uh, the one game that I did go to on Monday was Orlando Christian Prep winning big at the First Academy. And uh, those teams got a chance to practice on Saturday and Sunday because the FHSA uh, AA allowed teams to practice on Sunday. So uh, slowly but surely, the week started to kind of pick up and, and uh, of course, get moving. All right, let's talk last night. Some really interesting games, and you had a fantastic one. A Coey in Winter Park and uh, overtime and uh, a great matchup. Lived up to the hype, and a Coey wins 31-28. Yeah, and the thing is about this game was uh, both teams uh, brought – Solid defenses in into uh, this matchup. I had uh, Winter Park five and zero was number five in our rankings. Okoe four and one on a four game winning streak was number eight in my rankings, and uh, it was fourteen fourteen after the first quarter. And then um, you know there were a couple big plays in that first half that stood out. Okoe returned a fumble sixty five yards for a touchdown, and then to end the first half, Winter Park is setting up to punt with fifty seconds left. A bad snap uh, leads to a 22-yard loss. Okoe takes the ball, and uh, with no time left, um, uh, the quarterback throws deep into the end zone where Asad Wasim outleaps four Winter Park defenders to come down with the ball. And that gives Okoe a 28-21 lead going into the break. Winter Park gets a touchdown in the fourth. It goes into overtime. And uh, just takes a 23-yard field goal for uh, Coey to come out uh, on top. It was a thrilling game in terms of just big plays being made uh, from from you know both teams. And you talk about um, you know the excitement for a Coey because you know in recent years a Coey has had talented rosters, but they've never been able to kind of put it all together and kind of uh, you know they've lost some games that they're you know like like the game last night they typically would have lost that game in years past, and now they're winning them. 
Their only loss on the season was 14-13, uh, a comeback win for Apopka in week one. And now uh, they they uh, go and get a big one uh, last night. It was pretty exciting. Um, and then not only that, I was talking to a Coe coach, Aaron Shepard, after the game, and I was trying to get a feel for just what for for his his thoughts on this this group of kids. And he told me, he said, "This is the hardest working group of kids I've had." He started talking about uh, the number of seniors on the National Honor Society. He said, "Tomorrow morning." They are meeting. The whole team is meeting me here at school at 4:30 in the morning. We're going to drive to Fort Myers to help with hurricane cleanup. Wow! He said, "I guarantee you." He said, "I guarantee you, every kid will be here waiting for me at 4:30 in the morning to head down there, uh, do the cleanup, and then and then hit the road and come on back." And uh, I just thought, "Wow!" I, I mean, I actually had to ask him, "Get wait, 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 4:30." I says, "Coach, I'll probably be getting to sleep at about 3, 3:30." He says, "I'll call you in the morning." Uh, so I made sure I kept my phone on silence for that one. Wow. Well, good for them, man. It shows you high school football and, and what it means to be part of a team stretches beyond just the playing field. Last year, Horizon won two games. Last night, they beat Cypress Creek. They're 5-0. and They've outscored their opponents 160-36 to after their win last night. You know, it, it's uh, you know amazing because not only is Horizon undefeated in their second season last year to play without a senior class, and uh, but uh, they they were playing against the Cypress Creek team that uh, entered the game at four and one. So you know you talk about uh, a lot of excitement. And based on a tweet that I saw uh, from from the uh, Cypress Creek uh, 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 football account or school account, I guess the atmosphere was just uh, you know one you know just just quite exciting there at Cypress Creek. And if you've known anything about Cypress Creek, they've only won five games in a season twice since like two thousand eight or something like that. So they were going for five wins. Didn't happen for them because it was an overtime loss uh, uh, for uh, Cypress Creek. But both teams, um, and, and look, you can uh, look at the schedules and say, well, you know, the level of competition and things like that. But, hey, uh, no matter who you're playing against, the fact that uh, a second-year school can be undefeated um, and have so much to be excited you know, excited about, uh, that speaks a lot to, you know, you know, of course, what the kids must be going through now. The true test is coming up for Horizon because, unfortunately, they are in a district, listen to this one, that features Wakaiva, Edgewater, Jones. So those games are coming up for Horizon. We're going to find out uh, you know, what this team is really about uh, here later in the season. One more from last night. Apopka beat Olympia 38-23. We've talked about Apopka and the schedule, where they've gone, and, and, and things like that. But they won last night 38-23. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, this was a good game for Apopka to be involved in, especially with the time off. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, this kind of reminds me when they had the week off and then played Edgewater and, and, and how close they kept that game. This is a good, you know, a good step for, for Apopka because uh, for the football fans out there, uh, you know, we all know as the season progresses, Apopka gets better and better as it gets closer to the postseason. So it's something to keep an eye on. All right, let's get to uh, a Friday schedule that uh, has some really good games and, again, limited because we had teams that played last night. Uh, Coco plays Seminole. As you uh, write about, and we're going to talk about it, it's a great matchup, the incredible success of Coco. We talk about them, even though they're a little bit outside of our range. Ryan Schneider, uh, the former UCF cornerback, uh, is a the coach there. It's a great matchup against uh, a Seminole tonight. The lone lost the game over at Venice, so good one tonight between Coco and Seminole. Yeah, and Coco is only 2-2 two and two on the season, but you consider – they lost their first game of the year. Uh, you know, it was home against Jones. Jones actually trailed in that game. It was a rainy night, and uh, Jones came back to a, to a win it 
uh, 29 to 19. And then the other loss for Coco was uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. So, um, you know, you would look at, uh, uh, you know, a matchup of, of, of two teams in, I guess, Central Florida area that uh, are historically uh, successful year after year. This crazy stat, I think every time we talk about Coco, which is only briefly because they're outside of my coverage area, but I have to throw this out there again. Since 2007, trying to wrap your head around this one, um, Coco has reached the state semifinals every year since 2007. It's I mean, crazy. It's I, insane. I, I, yeah. I just, I you know, I just can't even, uh, I just can't even believe that, man. So, uh, you know, the you know the fact that uh, you know they they, they uh, state, were uh, state runners up last year, uh, I know it was a disappointing loss there. I think only a two point loss there for for a Coco. Um, and then you look at Seminole. I mean, look, you know, 2008 state champions. They're also welcoming a, a, a new athletics Hall of Fame class uh, that that will be recognized at halftime. Among those is uh, Andre Debose, who caught the game-winning touchdown pass in that state championship game over Miami Northwestern. That was right here in downtown Orlando. Uh, so there's a lot to celebrate there at uh, at the Seminole tonight, and that should be a great game, by the way. Uh, yes, indeed, part of a special uh, event with the Hall of Fame uh, building, as you mentioned. Haggerty 4-0 plays at Harmony tonight, who's 3-1. and yeah, I like this matchup a lot because uh, you know you look at uh, uh, you know when 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 Haggerty pulled out uh, that that big win against Timber Creek earlier in the season, ten to seven, I believe it was. That's when really kind of pay attention and 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 think, okay, hey, you know maybe Haggerty uh, has got something going on here. They actually had the game against Winter Park postponed. That's going to be taking place not this Monday but next Monday, and that's going to be probably for. Uh, the district championship there, so there's a lot to play for for Haggerty. But they've only, uh, you know, they've allowed no more than seven points in the game all season long. And the uh, Harmony, though, you, uh, you know, we've talked about Harmony in the past. I mean, I'm 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 pretty impressed with what they're able to do. Uh, Tyler Hemans is the running back. He averages 157 all-purpose yards uh, uh, through three games for Harmony. So that's definitely a game to keep an eye on. If Har- if uh, Haggerty. Wins that one, I think that they 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 start to get even a little bit more respect in terms of uh, the local football scene here. A little bit out, again outside of our listening area, though some people can pick it up here. But you know, uh, Deland Deltona. We talk about big schools, small schools, but you know, Deltona Deland Deltona is five and zero playing at Deland Rick Darlington there at two and two. That game means a lot to people over there. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And and you know, obviously with Rick Darlington uh, in his first season at Deland. Uh, I know he was pretty, uh, you know, pretty bummed out once the word came down that uh, the Monday games were canceled. He was looking forward to uh, hosting Spruce Creek uh, this past Monday, but um, you know, you, you, you know, what he's done there at uh, at, at the Deland in the limited time that uh, you know he's been there, uh, I'll actually be writing about that next week. So I talked to a couple players uh, who said some pretty interesting things about what it's like playing under uh, Rick Darlington. Uh, so, so look forward to that. Um, but uh, Deltona being five and zero, this is you know this is the tough test for Deltona to kind of you know prove that they belong with the big boys, uh, you know of course here in this Orlando area football scene, man. So uh, that's certainly a, a matchup to uh, pay attention to. That game is going to be played at Speck Martin Stadium, by the way, in Deland. Uh, quickly, uh, ten o'clock hour. WY Jim Orlando WJR HD two Cocoa Beach Orlando Sports Leader Martin Yandles will be the sports. JC Carnahan, the Orlando Sentinels, with us. Our high school football preview. Um, the Monday night football game in the NFL. Uh, the Raiders in Kansas City can be an interesting one, but I don't know. This is a pretty good Monday night football game here. Osceola and Jones. Tell me how the game came about. I know you'll be there. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely be there, be, uh, there for that one. You know, Jones race number three uh, in my Super 16, Osceola number four. Uh, this game, it was crazy how this one came about. Uh, you know, the hurricane wiped out uh, Jones uh, playing down at IMG Academy, and uh, Osceola um, had Sarasota Riverview, uh, which was scheduled for this Friday, or actually today, uh, Riverview pulled out of that matchup. So uh, that left both schools looking for uh, a new opponent. And through social media, I had a little bit of, you know, I talked with Osceola's coach as well. I said, hey, I think Jones looking for a game. And then, you know, the social media thing is going on. Hey, we're looking for a game, we're looking for a game. Uh, Jones and Osceola uh, found out that they were both looking, and it took no time at all for them to agree to uh, make it happen. And, look, we, we talked you know, week after week. The best teams in this area have no problem uh, facing off against each other. This is a perfect example of it. It's going to be 6 p.m. at Jones High School, two of the best programs in the Orlando area, uh, going head-to-head. They don't care if it uh, affects their record. Uh, they they want to get out there to play good competition. And what a great you know what, what, I mean what a great addition to the schedule to put on for uh, area football fans. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. We talked to when the first rankings came out. Uh, there was a little bit of a head scratcher to some teams. We we got a second week of data. Now we have a half a season. Um, was there any new uproar from last week's numbers? Well, you know, I, I honestly, with the, the hurricane postponements and all that kind of stuff, I only briefly glanced through uh, the rankings. Uh, and it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, I did see some, some outcry continuing on social media and so forth. Uh, and people are still asking, hey, what's going on with these rankings? What goes into them? And, and um, you know, as, as, as we said, no one is ever going to know. Uh, what goes into it, and I hope that we can get back to the RPI system where at least uh, everyone knows the numbers, uh, how how it all gets put together for how these rankings happen. And when I did talk to coaches about it uh, this past week, that's the one thing they said. They said, "Hey, at least we knew what factored into the rankings when it was RPI. Now you can't even tell us why I'm ranked 100 and something uh, after I beat the team ranked, uh, you know, 50. You know what I mean? So." Uh, it's going to be, you know, I think that the out the outrage will continue the, the later we get in the season, and some of these teams realize, wow, I may not make the playoffs because I didn't win my district championship. Uh, J.C. Carnahan, a busy, busy week, uh, and much more to come in high school football. Uh, enjoy a little bit of time off. Let us know about the concerts and uh, big one on Monday. We'll talk next week. Stay safe. Thank you. Take care, guys. Uh, J.C. Carnahan on Twitter. J.C. Carnes. It ends with a Z. Uh, follow everything that he has covering, and as well as the Orlando Sentinel through their varsity page of the night of high school football action. And again, it's kind of a odd schedule with games at Orange County last night, a, a smaller lineup of games tonight because of who played last night. Teams coming back on Monday. We do have teams that played last night that come back and play on Monday, which I'm not a big fan of with a, a quick turnaround, but uh, we do get a great one, Osceola and Jones. Coming up on uh, Monday. Uh, at 96 of the game.com, I got a Friday notebook column. Yes, you do. Look at you go. Anytime you can get straight cash homie mm-hmm. in a column. Yeah. Huh? When's the last time you used that? I don't phrase? know. But, but one of many reasons to read the column is how that term came to be. You didn't know that, did you? I did not know. Now you do. Uh, also, so, you know the fun fact. Click. Uh, that was a good fun fact. Yeah.
I like that. I like that flavor. Click on 96thegame.com. Check out the Friday Notebook column for today. It it a really good lead regarding the story of one supporter of a college football team and his decision whether to keep supporting his team or not. Check out the Friday Notebook at 96thegame.com. Our uh, schedule for this weekend, Sunday, Buccaneer football airs on this station as uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks will be in action against the Falcons. 1 o'clock kick pregame at noon. Orlando City soccer, 2.55-ish start for their win and in match against Columbus. Mm-hmm. Got to win. Yes. Can't draw, got to win to get in. The thing is, you can draw, and then you need something else to happen in another match. Yeah. But the most but simplistic yes, thing the is mo- exactly. to win NBN. So, uh, that is on Real Radio 104.1. Up next, our sports expert Richard Hale on, yes, whether Bobby Wagner of the Rams, who tackled that fan who ran on the field in the game against the Niners, could be sued. That story and more, next. Time for this week's Sports Law Segment. Brought to you by Hale, Hale, and Jacobson. Find them online at hhjlegal.com. That's hhjlegal.com. Richard Hill is our sports law expert. Hale, Hale, and Jacobson is the firm. They're online at hhjlegal.com. And we talked to Richard about the combination of sports and law this time on Fridays. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Doing well, Mark. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. The Tua story is certainly going to continue, and there's many parts to it. But I'm kind of curious, at least what we know now, of the league and the Players Association just getting around to interviewing him, bits and pieces of this coming out. And it's kind of dangerous to either play armchair doctor here, and I guess even armchair lawyer, but that's why we have you here. Um, I don't know what could come out of this, of things like uh, medical malpractice, um, what this investigation may show, what doctors or a doctor did know, should have done. The independent doctor fired so quickly. So I, a lot of questions need to be answered, but what are some of the legal things that may be on the horizon or the fact that Tua joins the Players Association? Does he give up any legal opportunities? Yeah, all are great questions, Mark. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here playing a little bit of armchair doctor myself. Just the timing of it is suspicious to me. The timing of the firing of this independent uh, neurological doctor who was supposed to have to his best interest at heart and the fact that he was let go so soon after the fact certainly suggests to me that there is some concern over whether his evaluation of tool was thorough uh, whether it met um, up to the, the prescribed medical standards and so yes I mean to answer your question it, it certainly stinks of medical malpractice um, that's the term that most of us are familiar with when a doctor uh, would fall below the standard of care uh, and, and his firing so soon after is a suggestion that that, that occurred. But to is not like the rest of us. And, and as you suggested, he is governed by the collective bargaining agreement. The collective bargaining agreement suggests that when there is a dispute between a player and his club, that that matter goes to arbitration, that there is not a lawsuit that is filed. Now, we can make tons of arguments here, and I I think this really gets to the root of your question. Is there a way around that? Is there a way for Tua to seek relief for what's gone on? And, and, uh, you know, uh, praise God, it seems like he's come through this. 
okay and and um, he, he's going to be fine. But let's you know, let's assume the worst that there is a significant injury there. Possibly the Dolphins aren't talking about, and nor is Tua talking about, and he at some point can never play again as a result of what's gone on. What would his recourse be at that point? Could he file a lawsuit? Well, the answer is yes. We've seen with Tyrod Taylor, of course, that, that there is an avenue for that. Um, usually what that requires is that Tua is able to establish that this neurological physician was uh, an independent contractor, not affiliated with the team in any way, uh, therefore doesn't fall under the purview of the collective bargaining agreement if he can somehow separate this particular physician and or the group that this physician works for from any tie to the team. Maybe that takes this out of the realm of player versus club and falling under the arbitration requirement of the collective bargaining agreement to uh, patient versus physician that didn't uphold the standard of care. And now Tua may have some recourse against this doctor and or that doctor's insurance. Um, not funny. I'm, people laughed at it, but in the football game on Monday night, the Rams are playing the Niners. A fan runs in the field. Uh, Bobby Wagner, the Rams, had had enough. He and a teammate end up tackling the guy. I saw this on Twitter. First I laughed, and then some other people chimed in. Uh, we're in a litigious world. Is it possible today that something like that happens, that a fan gets hurt and says, hey, I'll file a civil lawsuit because of what you did, or part of the risk a fan takes in the ticket? Is that part of it? Yeah, I think this is such an interesting question. I enjoyed the back and forth on Twitter as well, uh, you know, because it, it, it brings up some really interesting questions. Number one, you know, what did Bobby Wagner know at the time? You, you have a, a fan who arguably is not supposed to be on the field. Um, and so, you know, the fan has immediately put himself in harm's way because he realizes that by running on the field, um, you know, security at a minimum is going to take him down or possibly somebody else is going to take him down. Maybe one of these, you know, 250, 300-pound um, monsters that, that grace the football field these days. Uh, the other thing about it is, you know, what did Bobby Wagner know at the time? You have a, a, a guy who was running with, you know, a, a, a stick that has smoke coming from it. We don't know if that's, you know, dynamite. We don't know if it's a, a flare, you know, whatever happens to be, and, and has something in his other hand. We don't know what that is at the time. Certainly Bobby Wagner didn't know what that was at the time. You know, is this a uh, is this person potentially a danger not only to the players on the field and the officials on the field and the staff that's on the field, but to the to other fans that are in the arena. So, you know, can we can we herald him as a hero? Uh, for what he did by taking this guy out. I, I think all of that would come into question if you brought this as a lawsuit. You know, is he doing this to protect others? You know, certainly there is a good Samaritan law in almost every state um, that would protect Bobby Wagner if he's trying to save other people. Um, arguably, he was, and I, I think he'd, he'd be the first to say that that's his argument. You know, I, I think... Um, what I do appreciate about it is, is possibly this serves as a deterrent to other fans that want to take a, a similar risk, um, you know, because you're taking your life into your hands at that point by by trying to make whatever political statement you're you're out there to make, 
Um, and, and the guy could have been seriously hurt. I mean, at this point, it doesn't appear that happened. Um, but I can envision a scenario where it would. And if, if that individual were then to file a lawsuit, I don't know that there's a lot of protection for them there, Mark. Hmm. Um, the news of uh, the U.S. Soccer NWSL report out, uh, some of the details are horrific. The violation of individuals uh, by what were supposed to be people to look out for their best interests. I'm sure that this is going to play itself out in many ways here, but I, I am kind of curious, as new information was learned, um, what legal action do those have now that some of this stuff is out there? The investigation was somewhat challenging because there was no subpoena power. Uh, if you read the reports, the teams that were being investigated, some withheld information, purposely misled um, the investigators. So what legally could happen for those that were brave enough to share their story um, that now information's out about how individuals treated them? What, what, what legally is flying ahead for some people, if there are options? There are certainly legal options. I think we will see those unfold in the coming months. Um, it's just a sad story. And as a as a dad of two girls who are are athletes and compete uh, on you know uh, in team sports, it's it's just really tough to swallow the the information that that's coming out. Um, your heart is filled with compassion for these for these ladies. Um, the the legal options are plentiful at this point the reason and and let's let's touch on kind of what the standard is here and and the the uphill battle that they will fight but one that they can potentially win it really comes down to uh did, did the team know or or did or should have known what was going on and that standard would apply to the team to the league um to officials that were involved what did they know? When did they know it? And and how did they act? Um, uh, go back to the situation involving Joe Paterno a couple of years ago, um, and uh, you know the question remained: What did he know? You know when did he know it? Um, a similar situation here, and that's why many of the teams were likely not as forthcoming about that information because they know that the standard is going to be: What did you know? And when did you know it? Uh, and what did you do at that point to, to stop it or um, to admonish or punish those who were involved in the conduct? Uh, if there is evidence that the team not only knew about it, but then took no, um, you know, no measures to try and fix the situation, um, and then we're talking uh, about some punitive damages as a result of their conduct. Uh, and these lawsuits could stretch into the you know tens of millions of dollars at that point um, if if there is some some conduct that they knew about, did nothing about, and allowed it to continue or created an environment where um, these acts could occur. It's just a sad story all the way around. I think the the exposure here is great, and that's why there has been such a difficult time with this investigation. Um, I pray that these these girls get the the release that they're seeking and and the help they need. Yeah, I really question the future of uh, that league. Uh, interesting stories, Richard. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it. Great speaking with you, Mark. Take care. Uh, good friend Michael Donald will join us. Talk a little hoops next. Let's go. Time now for step back three with Mod on the beat of sports. No, I don't have street credit. The guys around me have street credit. 
Mike O'Donnell has lots of cred and joins us on these Fridays to talk basketball and uh, even more. First, good morning and happy Scott Harris birthday weekend. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. I'm talking to Scott about Rings of Power. I didn't know it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Scotty. That's coming up Thank on you. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Turning 16. Wow. Wow. What's a... <laughs> it's fantastic. Are we all pitching in to get the guy Harrison or something, you know? Uh, Scott, who gave you your first birthday gift? Uh, Mark Daniels did. Boom. <laughs> what was it? What life, was it? Life, I... life advice. Yeah. Oh, sweet Fancy Moses! You gave well, him Well, first advice? off, first you know off, how much Scott has done for you. First and off, all you did was give him advice. First off, it's priceless and doesn't have to be wrapped. It's also very cheap as well. Well, this is also this is also what what Mark gives the trick or treaters at Halloween. Listen, Nothing. Scott. Scott is you fine. Don't give, okay? You don't give trick or treaters candy. Uh, I gave up on that. Hold on a second. This is. Whatever you wanted to talk about before this, my mind and my soul yeah. are both blown right now. I feel like I don't even know you. That's okay. heartless. Mark so here's what happens. Here's what heartless. happens, okay? The parents, you know, they send like the uh, two or three kids up, and the parents stay back, right? So the kids do the cute little, you know, knock on the door and everything, right? And I open up with this, hey, right? And then I ask them to explain who they are. I think that a kid should know what they're dressed as, right? Right? I mean, you're with me so far, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So then, when the kids explain who they are, I feel it's my obligation to kind of, at some point, be honest in life, you know? So if a kid opens up the, I mean, if I open the door and a kid's dress is, uh, you know, like some superhero, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to be honest. You're never going to have superpowers. It's not going to happen. So if you're caught up in this world of thinking you're going to be, you know, Iron Man, that's not going to happen. Or, you know, if a kid comes dressed as a football player... And they're already out of shape at nine. I'm, I'm honest. I go, look, I don't see this as a path for you. So let's talk about some other options here. Have you thought about the tech world? Have you thought about going to vocational school or things like that? Or if you have a kid that stresses something, I don't know. I just said, look, you're going to struggle in life if you don't start to learn how to make decisions. By the time we're done with about a 10-minute conversation, I think the kids feel pretty good about it. Mark, I would laugh Mike, if it wasn't Mike, so sad. Mike, this is, this, Mike, this is it's not true. It's not this is true. The worst you have ever said on ninety-nine the game. Mike, the worst. Mike, it's not true. Okay, you come to my house, you're getting top of the line chocolates. I mean, our stuff is flown in from Europe. Okay, are you kidding me? Are you getting a little lint? Yeah, no. Listen, uh, listen. You come to my house. It, 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 the candy's better than getting cash. Okay. I mean, you get top of the line oh candy. Oh And and full, and full size bars. And at my house, I hold the bowl. Grab what you want. I don't care if you take four or five yeah, items. Big. I don't care. And, 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 and let's take the whole bowl. But if you knock on the door and you're a cute, adorable kid, you could take ten things, and I don't care. I don't. Care. I think I have to up. I think I have to upgrade my bowl because apparently there's a really big uh, Halloween parade in our neighborhood. Just moving to a new neighborhood. It's a great. It's yeah. pretty much like the Sandlot, Mark. Right? Kids running back and forth sure. in the houses, playing baseball. It's fantastic. But it, apparently, I said you got to you got to triple what that's told by multiple. Oh. Triple whatever you bought mm. previously. But I'm going to be out trick or treating with the kids, so I have to do the leave the bowl. My question to you is. Mm. I know I've got to get a huge bowl and I got to lay some good candy in there, but do I leave a note? And if I leave a note, am I the guy who says, "Happy Halloween"? 
please take one? Scott, tell them what happens when you do that. What should I do? When you do that, the first group that goes up, they're taking all of it. They're taking the bull. They're taking the note. You got to get one of those like I mean you got to get one of those like cat dog food dispensers that you know just launches candy out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, okay, a nickel, pop it in there, you get a full candy bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the I'm way it goes. I'm for privatizing everything. Yeah. Right? Really less government in my life, but more privatization. Let us uh, get to a couple of items that I want to get to. Sure. I'm going to ask you about Victor Wembayama in, in a moment, but uh, of course, TMZ has the video. TMZ has a video of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in the practice a couple of days ago. I found the story really interesting yeah. before the video. One, most people believe that Clutch did the PR campaign to make Draymond look like he had no choice but to punch Jordan Poole by going, well, you know, this guy's been demanding a contract. He's talking about getting his own pool, the Jordan Poole. And that was like a clutch PR job because they kind of thought that there may be video. Now the video's out. So you're welcome to comment on that. But I want to know the best practice fight that Mike O'Donnell witnessed on all of the teams you played in. Okay, so first I'll comment in that I don't really care too much about players getting fights in practice because I've seen a lot. Um, I've been a part of one, which I will tell you. Um, and uh, it, that was – if Jordan Poole was egging on, egging on Draymond, I mean, I'm whatever, okay? I, I was I'm sure there's been some – Right, hang on a second, hang on a second. Let's put Mike on hold because he's being gobbled up with a cell monster. Scott, see if we might need to call him back or what. Mike, you there? I'm here. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. Okay, your phone kind of dropped off, so go ahead. Pick it back up. You are saying okay. about the, uh, uh, this incident. It doesn't really – I'm not really overly worried about it. I don't get I don't get riled up about that. I think Draymond Green's going to get in trouble, obviously. I'm sure there might be something for Jordan, Jordan Poole. That was – that was. I don't know if I would call it a sucker punch, but Draymond Green went all out for that punch. So I'm not – I don't know. I, I thought that was obvious. This is fun. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, call him back. Okay. back. Yeah, let's call Mike back, because otherwise we're going to, it's all, and that's me pretending to sound like I've got a, a bad cell line, but we'll call Mike back. Uh, again, TMZ, of course TMZ, has the video, and not audio, but, but it's got the video. Draymond Green could have, I mean, he could have broke his jaw. That's what it looked yeah, like. The way he hits him there. Good, Mike, you're back. Yeah, no, you're right. To me, that punch was something that, was in the making for weeks, if not months. Yeah. That's what that punch looked like, I mean, truly. So I think there's more to the story than just Jordan Poole's Jordan Poole, which I'm in the swim with Jordan Poole. Um, now, you're asking me the, the biggest fight I've ever been in. Well, uh, it happens at uh, um, NCAA. Well, the biggest sports fight or the biggest fight I've ever been in? Well, we're there, so pick your choice, whichever you want. Okay, I'll go to the I'll go to the biggest fight I've ever been in, um, and uh, I was uh, 11 years old, and um, I'm playing on the playground with my buddy David Grant. David Grant's is a very sweet kid, he's a very quiet kid, and Mark, I'm I'm not even joking. There's these three kids that come out of the woods right behind the park. They're all three of them are wearing uh, blue bandanas. 
Um, they're all maybe a year or two older than me, and they're wearing the same thing, jeans, blue shirt, blue bandana. And it was very odd. It, just, it looked like a movie, like they were walking in slow motion. And they come up, and they kind of just, just nudge me out of the way because I was pushing David on a swing. And as, and as they nudge me, they start pushing him so high and so hard and laughing at him. David's crying. He's bawling his eyes out. So I give him the old, hey, fellas, that's not very nice of you. We could all be friends here. We can all take turns on the swing. They shove me to the ground. So I get up and say, I look over, and I kid you not, because my mom is watching. I look over at my mom, and she looks at me, and she gives me the head nod. I said, okay. And so I get in the kid's face, and I said, I'm going to give you one more chance to be nice, honey. And he goes, well, what are you going to do about it? As he says that, I'm not making as he says that, 10 to 15 more kids walk out from behind the playground where this basically forest was and dressed in all the same. So now I've got 15 to 20 of these, what essentially has some type of young, ridiculous gang. It's like the karate kid scene. Yeah. Yeah. The main kid, the biggest kid walks up and says, you're not doing anything about it. And so I just, I don't exactly remember what my thoughts were. What I know what happened was I ran at him and I simultaneously grabbed his shirt and gave him the, I didn't give him the punch, but I gave him the forearm elbow right to his chest and knocked him on the floor. Kid starts crying a little bit as if the light turns on and cockroaches scatter away from where the light was turned on. All of the kids ran away back into the forest with the leader actually crying, running back in. That's a true story. Wow. That's a true story. Yeah. I like it. How about that? I've been in, and I've been in a few tussles in practice, nothing, nothing super intense, but, uh, it, 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 uh, it, I'm not a huge fan of fights in practice. I've never thought it actually really solved something. You get in a few shoving matches, you get into some loud, you know, confrontational messaging back and forth, you know, screaming back and forth. Sometimes it has to be let out. You know, you got a bunch of you got a bunch of guys in the gym that have been maybe it's practice and you've only been playing against each other and beating up on each other for weeks and weeks and weeks. It happens sometimes. As long as you have the ability to shake hands afterwards and say all right, let's go, let's figure this thing out, then I don't really get too upset about fights in practice. It's when you get you got huge punches thrown because someone's feelings actually got hurt, and then it just continues on and on and react like children. That's where I don't. Honestly, I could care less about that. It, it, it means nothing to me. It's such a waste. Um, let's get to Victor Wembayama and Scoot Anderson. Uh, I, I had not seen anything other than highlights, Mike, uh, of Wembayama's play. I didn't watch every single second of these two games. I did see more the first game. I saw about 20 minutes yesterday, and I'm all in on believing he's incredibly special. Uh, the, the height, the ball handling, the shooting, and you know better than me, the, the, the quality of competition, it, it, it's good. It's not great because it is somewhat of an exhibition. It's great to see Aubrey Dawkins play well, but I was wowed at how smooth he is with an outside shot that has an arc and his ball handling ability. I don't know how much you watch of these two games. I know you knew about him, but did yeah. you watch him? What did oh, yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got a lot to say about this. So stay with me. I'll try to condense it. It's first is I'm, if right now, if, if we take this 
what I saw during the summer this past summer in this two-game sample, he's the best prospect since LeBron James, period. I, I actually am not even sure anybody comes close. Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, he is the best NBA prospect since LeBron James. I have never seen a seven foot four player move like that. I've never seen a seven foot four player dribble like that. I've never seen a seven foot four player shoot like that. He shoots as if he's a six five sharp shooting wing at seven foot four. He's a three level scorer on like an alien type level. What I mean by that, three level scores are you can score easily at the rim, mid range, and three point shot. He's seven foot four, anything around the rim, he's dunking, he's finishing. Mid-range, he was doing a combination of a Keem Dream Shake and Michael Jordan fadeaways from 16, 17 feet along the baseline. There was a play last night that I saw that, to me, was the best play that women Yana has ever done. And the most important play, I think, uh, that, that really solidified for me why he's incredible, the, the G League Knight actually switched on him on a ball screen when he was the ball handler. Just a reminder, he's seven foot four, and he was the ball handler. They switched on a screen on him. He dribbled back. And he reset, he reset his move. Okay, guards do that. Wings do that. Some forwards do that. Seven-foot-four centers do not do that because he reset his move by the hash mark, which is like basically six feet beyond the three-point line. He went between his legs, shimmied real quick, quick and then pulled up from Steph Curry range in a smooth, rhythmic fashion. Uh, we're in trouble here. This is this kid's going to be, you know, this kid's going to be absolutely insane if he stays healthy. Which leads me to my next point. Well, it's an interesting thing about women Yama in the basketball community. I was talking to a bunch of AAU coaches, college and high school coaches, in the last couple of weeks, and his name keeps coming up because it's a fun thing to talk about. What's interesting is that the young AAU and college coaches really kind of feel the same as me, and they say, look at him, and they see what he's saying, the way that he's playing, and they say, yeah, this 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 dude's the real deal. He's the truth. Grizzled kind of AAU coaches and, and college coaches, uh, uh, more veteran types. The first thing they're thinking, they're looking at is they don't like the way that he runs. They don't. Li- they don't love the way that he moves. They aren't doubting his skill. They aren't doubting his potential at all. And when they say they don't like the way that he runs and moves, is they're worried that he's going to be injured because at seven foot four, you're not supposed to move like that. You're not supposed to shoot like that. You're not supposed to have that kind of agility and pace. And they're 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 worried that he's going to actually. They're, they're, it's not that they're worried, but they're going to say, I'd like to wait and hold off on crowning him because we need to see how he can sustain multiple games throughout a week and if his body is actually going to hold up. We saw what Chet Hol- happened to Chet Holmgren. Now, Wembenyan is bigger, bigger and stronger than Chet Holmgren is, so I'm of the standpoint right now where I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. He's so unconventionally amazing that it is very difficult to describe how good he is because he moves like when you watch him, you don't, he's so good that you don't realize he's seven foot four. No. And that's the best compliment I can give him. Yeah. No, I, it, it's incredible how natural it looks when you're not supposed to be like that. And it's unfair with the comparisons and, and totally different players. But I yeah, think of guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I'm going to say guys that I've seen. Up close, like Taco. I mean, we know Taco's challenge because, uh, uh, you know, uh, his build. Uh, Chris Porzingis, I said this, flatter shot, 
not as smooth. Body was different. I mean, this guy looks like he's 6'9", but plays at 7'4", but the ball handling and building the shot, it's like that's not normal for a 7'4 guy. <laughs> and I think I lost Mike, whose phone dropped off. No, no, no. Try getting back for one more thing i got to ask him about. And, and again, I, I understand... The, the hype, and I think it's legit. It's why I was talking earlier, uh, you know, when Bianchi and I were mentioning this, and even Keith Smith, our basketball expert on Wednesday, when teams decide to tank. Like, there's a couple now that have already decided about when to tank. So, um, do you do it even earlier? Hey, before we go, I, 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 I want to ask you about Scoot Anderson, because if you put Wembayama aside, um, I watched a little bit of uh, Scoot, and I could see it. I mean, I see some things that are pretty good there, but your basketball is better than mine. What do you make of Scoot's performance in these two games? Uh, Scoot's really good. Um, and I, let, let, let me rephrase that because that, that was just a little too obvious. It's obvious that Scoot's really good. Scoot Henderson is exceptional. And if he's going to be the number two pick in the draft, whoever gets a second pick is going to be really happy. He can, uh, he's got unbelievable pace, his phenomenal lack of scoring. His finishing at the rim is exceptional. Exceptional for a combo wing. I mean, truly exceptional. Love to see his three-point shot improve. Man, the kid can really, really play. He will be, he should be, the second pick in the draft, at worst, the third pick. This is, um, we've got some serious talent coming in the NBA in the next couple of years. Hey, I do wonder, because uh, now Wembeyama's agent said he's going to play his season in France. I don't know if he'll play the whole year. But the other thing I'm kind of interested in, these two games, Mike, I think may become a trend where you, you know, we talked about overtime elite and all this stuff, but they put this together, the showcase on TV, and it got a, a tremendous amount of buzz, and I, I wonder how you do this more with some of these projected top picks. Well, what, you know, it's interesting you say that, is that the NCAA and college basketball leadership are actually trying to figure out how to play exhibition games during the summer. Mm. Uh, we, we actually may be a couple years away um, from having college basketball exhibition games during the summer. What does that mean? Is will we have a, Does that mean we'll have a chance to see Duke play Kansas in an exhibition game during the summer? Probably not. Will they have an opportunity to see Duke play G League Elite or Duke play... Uh, a team like Wembenyama's team, and actually potentially have Wembenyama go against go against the Duke, Kansas, UCLA, or Kentucky, um, or even them going against a really good mid-major team. Like what happens if uh, we have Kansas and Loyola Chicago in July in an exhibition game? That's we are headed towards that of twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five, essentially basketball action. All that does, I mean. How college coaches are going to be excited about that? But if you're if you're on the NBA leadership team, I mean general management, you are loving it. It's only going to grow the brand more. The top player, potentially the top players from overseas, the young players going against the top college programs. That's pretty cool. That is going to be must see TV during the summer. The interesting thing and why this is happening, you're like Mike. What are you talking about? You go up and look. There's a there's there, there's actual um, pen on paper right now to come up with the right schematic design to put together exhibition games for college basketball and put them on TV. College basketball has taken notice on how popular the TBT has been. 
is that CBT has captured summer league basketball in a way that nobody has ever thought was possible. So if TBT can do it, can Duke do it, can Kansas do it, can Kentucky do it, can UCLA do it? Well, absolutely they can if you're able to figure out the right format. Yeah, I'm no. Excited just talking about that. Yeah, and I think even as we uh, get the change where you can now make the jump of high school, it's still a nice uh, recruiting tool to say, hey, you come here, you're going to play here. We're going to play that European team, like you know the Victor Wambayama team. They're going to play somebody from Australia and, and, and showcase that guy projected high pick. It's great for you. Yeah. But let me let me take a step back. The, the, the Wembenyama's bars, right? It's it, it's world, right? It, it's it's palpable, sure. as they say. So, what would you think would have a greater impact, though? Truly, if we're talking Wembenyama's brand, if Wembenyama played two games during the play, a player like Wembenyama played two games during the summer, and everybody's talking about it on social media, and everybody kind of forgets for about six months, six or seven months, or if Wembenyama plays in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I, I mean, change is coming. So, I mean, those guys don't ever play in the NCAA tournament, which is sad. But I, I, I understand well, what well, you're saying. What, 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 I, I, I get that there are going to be a handful of players, maybe not yes. quite at that level. No, there will be a handful of players that could go the women Yama route. They could go the Scoot Henderson route, but they're looking at it and saying, "I just, if I'm going to play this many games, anyways, why wouldn't I play it on the largest?" I, Listen, I, I, I and in the next couple years, and I'm going to let you go on this, in the next couple of years, as NIL, or as I called it, pay-for-play, figures it out, you may be right that a kid says, wait, I can get $2 million to go play Kansas. I, I'll take that and get 30 games on national television, then going yep. to Ignite. And the very few, the very few that make that jump at a high school, Fine, go do that. So I, I, yeah, I agree absolutely. that there is a, a, a format there that we'll figure out. Anyway, we got to run. Hey, that was good stuff. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks. 11 o'clock hour kicks off with Scott's award-winning news next. Let's really do the news. Yes. Now it is time to do the news. But now it's time uh, for the news. 11 o'clock hour, WYGM Orlando, WJRR HD2, Coco Beach, Orlando Sports Leader, Mar Daniels, the Beta Sports. That's right, Mark. This is the news, the award-winning, world-renowned news. It is Scott Harris' birthday weekend. Also, it is my birthday weekend. I'm Scott Harris. That's Mark Daniels. We shall run through the top stories in the sports world. Shall we? Uh, yeah. Matt Ryan kept the it. faith through all the sacks, interceptions, fumbles, and three and outs that made for a snooze fest on Thursday night. Quote, it was just kind of a slog of a game, said the quarterback after Stephon Gilbert batted away Russell Wilson's pass to Cortland Sutton in the end zone on a fourth and one from the five to give the Colts a commanding 12-9 overtime victory. The game featured seven field goals, a dozen punts, 25 third down stops, four interceptions, and six fumbles, none of which were recovered by the otherwise disruptive defenses. Disruptive defenses? Yes. Uh huh. Meanwhile, in news that mainly uh, only Mark Daniels and Cam Meller care about. What do we got? The New England Patriots placed veteran quarterback Brian Hoyer on the injured reserve list because ah, of a concussion ah. 
thinning their depth chart behind injured starter Mac Jones. That thrust Bailey Zappi, a fourth-round pick out of Western Kentucky, into the number two spot behind Jones. Zappi is projected to start in Sunday's home game against the Lions if Jones, who has been living in practices on Wednesday and Thursday, isn't cleared to play. New era of Patriot football. And I know you're, like, the number one leader in the Bailey Zappi fan club. No, I just, I... I like stories like that. I mean, dude lit it up in college, a couple of places, and often people like that get labeled as system guys, and, you know, good for him. He gets a chance. Is he on your uh, fantasy team yet? Uh, he is not. We got a big, uh, our 2-2 two and two squad against a 3-1 and one squad. We get a victory. No, I'm saying we get a win. We go from 0-2 to start the year to tied for first in the division. Are you watching highlights over there? Don't worry about what I was on. The New York Giants left several key key players, including wide receiver Kadarius Toney and outside linebacker Aziz Ajari in New Jersey when they traveled to London for this weekend's game against the Packers. Tony Ajari and wide receiver Kenny Galladay and several other players did not practice and did not make the trip overseas. They will all miss this week's game. Do you guys have enough was players? Kenny Galladay in Ocean's Eleven? Because no one steals money like this guy's been stealing money. <laughs> I mean, was he part of Danny Ocean's crew? <laughs> what character was he? And so far, the Kadarius Tony first round pick, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Man, a lie has that been a bad pick? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back with the Patriots, the New England Patriots caused irreparable damage to a U.S. flag signed by Tom Brady by improperly displaying it in the team's Hall of Fame at Gillette Stadium. The flag's owner contends in a federal lawsuit. Mm. See the story? Did not. After the flag had been displayed a couple of months, Brady's signature was written in blue Sharpie, had significantly oh, I faded. See, yeah. I which, saw the tweet. I didn't read the story. Which reduced the flag's value by as much as $1 million, according to these suit filed against the team on Wednesday. A Patriot spokesperson said Thursday the team had no immediate comment. And this has led to Sharpie. This well, that's that's what I think Darren Ravella said. It also said, "Don't use blue. Use you ha- well, use black because black doesn't fade mm. when it comes to sharpies." Mm. Um, I saw this story. Um, I'm going to try to summarize it. So Alabama didn't disclose all of their nil nil dealings. Do you see this? I don't have to. But it kind of makes you look hypocritical when you come out and say that Texas A&M went out and bought all of their players? So? You, you, you can't say they're doing it and then you don't... There, but, but there is no rule that requires anybody to disclose NIL. And as much as I now just call it what it is, pay for play, and if you read my column at 96 thegamecom the story of somebody that was asked to be part of a collective that just walked away because they said it become a joke, um, I don't... It, if there's no rule... And there shouldn't be, because you don't ask for in the pros mm-hmm. about, well, how much is so-and-so getting on that deal and that deal, so why should that be required in college? Now, if you want a, if you want a system where the university is paying players and you have some sort of salary cap like you have in pro sport, then that's different. But I don't think any school it, it should be required to report an NIL deal or have a database. I, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, and Draymond Green apologized to Jordan Poole. Yeah, before, well, he did apologize, and then the video 
that warrior staffer does not work for okay, the Warriors but, anymore, well, right? Hold on a second. And again, TMZ, of course they did, has the video of Draymond Green's punch of Jordan Poole, and you can find it. How are people concluding that they know it's somebody from the video team? I'm not. I'm just so no, I'm just saying everyone's all, oh, that, that person getting fired. Maybe somebody walked into an office that overlooks. I mean, there are team facilities where there are offices that overlook a practice court. And maybe for some reason somebody said, wait, is that Draymond yelling and pressed record on their phone? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're more interested in who shot it. I'm more interested in how much TMZ paid. What do you think? I have no idea what that market is. I don't, I don't either, yeah. 50000 I don't know. Yeah. Is it, you know, how much is it worth? I don't know. Home run 60 of Aaron Judge worth? I don't know. Which one is it? <laughs> I don't know. That's it. Okay, hang on a second. You, for some reason, are out about, okay, one of your uh, emo nights, mm-hmm. and a fight breaks out, mm-hmm. and you go, is that so-and-so, whoever that is, mm-hmm. Would you roll on the fight? For, okay, full disclosure. If I no, I'm, Scott, half disclosure. <laughs> if I'm somewhere and a fight breaks out, I know you're running. I'm running. Let's say you're at a safe place, like like, like, like I'm in an elevated area. The, well, the the mosh pits below. Yeah, and you're in a VIP bottle service area up Makes top sense. because that's how you roll. Mm-hmm. And a fight breaks out. You're like, wait, is that so and so? Would you press record? Yes. Okay, and then. You're outside walking, and somebody comes up and says, "Hey, man, did you record that with so and so?" And and you're like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Hey, I'm I'm with TMZ, and we'd like to offer you blank." Yes, you're selling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that says they wouldn't is lying. Right. But I am curious. It, it, do they sell you the money? How fast does that go down? <laughs> right. Right. I hope it's fast. Like, once you, I mean, before you get in the video, you want the money in your account. Absolutely. And they want the video as fast as possible. Exactly. So are they selling you or something? Probably. Are they? Yeah. It didn't go through. Well, you know, just give it a moment. Yeah, but you have the video. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll get there. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, you're, waiting, you're waiting to see those, those zeros in your bank account first. Yeah. All right. That's it on the news. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. This is an award-winning, prestigious segment. No idea who. Multiple publications. Multiple publications. Oh, oh, we can go into the Orlando Weekly on her. Is that what you're well, there's that. There's sportsnewssegment.net has rated this the number one sports news segment in talks in sports talk radio. Is it an actual site? How do you know? I don't know. It's also the number one rated news segment in sportstalkradio.org as well. Yeah, if it's got a dot .org, you can't. You know that. it's real. You know it's real. Want to shout out uh, JC listening in Orlando, Mike listening in Orlando, Gary listening uh, on the coast. You guys are what make this segment possible. Huh. Uh, UCF got the weekend off with a win. Beating SMU, our good friend Gary Paris, who normally previews games, will uh, look back at that game and some other football notes coming up next.
can't cut the man off on Rosalita. I mean, <laughs> come on. The boss. Uh, Mark Daniels, the beat of sports, are brought to you by Seminole Power Sports, number one in fast fun. Reinhard Road in Sanford, Highway 441 in Eustace, online at SeminolePowerSports.com. Uh, it's a really good uh, weekend of college football, a lot of big games, uh, teams in our state, top 25 matchups, uh, conference openers, and all sorts of good things. UCF uh, kicked off the college football weekend with a Wednesday game because of the storm from last week. And after a slow start, down 13-10 of the half, scored 31 unanswered points. And then the Bush League touchdown at the end for SMU made it 41-19 for UCF. And Gary Paris was sitting next to me, and we normally preview the game uh, coming up. But we're going to review a little bit. Uh, Gary, a chance to sleep uh, yesterday. Morning, Gary. How are you? I'm doing fine, Mark. Absolutely fine. Thank you. Um, okay, it's a 13-10 game, and uh, you just kind of had a vibe like, boy, UCF isn't as sharp offensively. The defense has done enough to kind of keep them there. What was the difference in the second half that led to a 31 nothing run? Well, you remember we were sitting there off the air at halftime, and you asked me, what do you, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about right now in the second half? And the one thing I really liked was that we weren't getting blown out. I mean, it was a close game. It was 13-10, to 10, and we didn't look sharp. I mean, uh, at one time, Mordecai was 7 for 7 in passing, and uh, he looked, you know, that we kept thinking this game was going to, they could open it up on us at any time. But to be down uh, 13 to 10, I thought, we still, we got a chance. We can win this ball game. Because we've been absolutely, in the past, we've done a great job of adjusting in the second half. And it was exciting to see. The question was going to be, whether John Rice Plumley is going to be that 49-yard passing like he did against Georgia Tech, or was he going to open up and find other ways to do it? And the second half, they, they, they did such a great job adjusting on the play fakes, the run as uh, RPOs, the run pass option, and and they froze those linebackers, allowed Baker and uh, to get in, and, and he had Javon Baker. Had a, just a great, great game catching the ball, especially off on those fake handoffs, Mark, and he hit him on those slants, and we saw his runs after catch. He's exciting. That's what we've been waiting to see happen. And how about this? How about a, a, the quarterback, uh, John Rice Fumley, the second half he had? I mean, I'm going to guess he only had 40-some-odd yards in the first half, and 270 or 80 in the second half of a ball game, that's amazing. That was absolutely just watching him execute and throw the passes down the sideline, throwing the passes, the the little uh, pass to uh, O'Keefe and watching him go 58 yards again. It was exciting. By the way, Javon Baker was part of a wide receivers room in Alabama that included John Mechie, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Jamison Williams. A pretty good wide receiver. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he had a nice breakout game. And uh, I, I think, again, Gus moved around a little bit, put him in the slot, and, and you see his ability um, to make some plays. Uh, Gary, uh, T-Will's defense, um, again, you know in a game like that, you're going to give up some yards because of just the way SMU does things. And you know this better than me. In-game adjustments are often the difference of winning or losing a game, and you watch 
uh, Tanner Mordecai get off to a great start for SMU. The first two drives, one was a turnover uh, that they gave the ball up, and then you know they marched down the field for a touchdown. But what changed where all of a sudden they figured some things out, and in the end they may have gotten some yards. UCF ended up with more. But Tanner Mordecai doesn't throw a touchdown pass for the first time in a year plus. And, again, the junk TD at the end of the game, they gave up the early touchdown. But from the first quarter to late in the fourth quarter, SMU never got the end zone. Yeah, there's two things that I took out of the game uh, defensively there, and especially the second half. At one time, they were 0 for 10 on third down situations. 0 for 10. You you even made the comment that, that – uh, and they only had, they ended up four of sixteen, but zero for ten on third down. That is um, that's just your defense doing a great job. Part what made that defense do a good job was they were they only had one sack on the quarterback uh, Mordecai, but they made him hurry. They made him throw off balance. He took a lot of hits as he was throwing the ball. And it, and it, and when you take enough hits or you get in the guy's face. It starts to bother you, and then you have a tendency to hurry the ball. The other thing that I liked best, Mark, was the one-on-one situation. Uh, Mordecai tried to go deep a lot. And our coverage by our defensive backs on the deep throws, to me, as you and I were commenting, was fantastic. Well, they, they got a couple uh, cheap uh, pass interference calls that I really thought weren't pass interference, but they got them. But other than that, our guys covered their guys well. I mean, uh, Rashid Rice, he had a great game, uh, but he also, he was, knowing he was going to get in, he dropped a couple passes. And, uh, so the defensive backs, to me, made a big difference the second half. The guys up front did a fantastic job of putting pressure on the quarterback, shut down their running game. And the big play to me, as it was, uh, like in Georgia Tech game, we blocked a punt and Bullard, uh, where it drops. Or blocks it and Bullard picks it up and goes, I think, 29 yards. In this game, there was a safety. The only sack we had on Mordecai was by the, when, uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Brad, Morris Brash drop comes in and tackles him for a safety and we get two points. To me, that was the turning point, real, real turning point of the game. Even though we were up by two touchdowns, that really took the wind out of their – I don't think they were the same team. Their competitiveness kind of fell off, and I think you could see ours pick up. Gary, you mentioned Trayvon Morris-Brash came in highly recruited, showed some signs, had some issues that he had to overcome. But what have you noticed this year where, you know, talking to our good friend Leger Deuceable, Deuce tells me if scouts know about him, and Cam Meller, who uh, covers the draft and is on our show on a weekly basis, and he knows about him and says, absolutely, guy, that's going to get himself drafted. What's been the difference? What is he better at? I think that he is a, knows the game. He, he, he you know, he's, he's missed some time, and I think it makes you hungry to get back in the game. He's very fast. He's got one of the fastest starts that I've seen. I was watching him uh, in, in warm-ups the other, uh, the, the other night, and I watched him come off that first step, and he's explosive. I mean, if, if you're not really quick, He's going to be about around you, or he's going to create havoc. And they tried to double team him. They tried. They used a uh, running back to try to chip him. They used a tight end to try to chip him. They brought you know a, a two tight ends to the side something. But he really has gotten himself. He's hungry. He wants to play. He's a leader out there on the field. And with with him and Josh Southgar on the other end, 
it makes a makes a great bookend deal. And uh, I, I just enjoy watching his enthusiasm. His uh, he's got a purpose out there. He's strong. He comes off the ball like I said explosively, and it makes it creates havoc for tackles. Hey, let me end with this. Uh, today, this morning, there's a buzz because the video of a fight in the Warriors practice of Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, and, and one gets in the other's face and punches him pretty hard. And in today's social media world, there's video all over the place. Um, you played better than a decade in the NFL at a different time in the 70s. And while you and I kind of joked about that video of you involved in that fight with the Steelers' defense years ago, how common were practice fights among teammates during your playing days, and was it that big of a deal, or guys that blew off steam and we moved on? It's a different media. We didn't have social media then, but was it common? Well, it was more common in um, uh, your your early practice when you first reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the rookies trying to make a team. You've got first year and second year veterans trying to move up the ladder, and that they would want to challenge, uh, you know, a veteran. He didn't like being hit or he didn't like being uh, blocked. And he didn't like you going full speed while he's only going to go about three-quarters or half speed. It was not uncommon to have uh, fights. I remember we practiced one game one time with the Buffalo Bills in Cleveland. They were at, we met, you know, they came over to our facility for for about five days. And, and we went out and we practiced. And, and because of the, uh, the chipness and everything like that, and you were really – wanted to beat them, it was uh, some fights broke out uh, um, and amongst players. I, Mark, it, you liked it, but it didn't last long. Nobody would ever hurt your own player. You would never, ever hurt you. You might take a swing and you might grab and you might hold on to them and shake, do whatever you have to, but you never purposely tried to hurt. That was a, a, an unwritten rule that if you ever got in a fight with a teammate, you never tried to hurt the guy. Then, and the rest of us would let it go for about 20 seconds. Then we'd all jump in and, and separate them. But it was what those guys did. That's, it, it, was un, it was just an unwritten rule. We never did that. Gary, enjoy uh, these uh, couple Saturdays off because then we got six Saturday games. So enjoy the football a weekend. I'll see you uh, next week. <laughs> yes. I'll see you next week, Mark. Thank you. All right. Gary Paris with some insight on the UCF football game. And, again, the Knights are off until next Thursday. The annual space game uh, will be a Thursday night game against the uh, Temple Owls. At Mer- merch on sale Yeah, there's a lot of merch out there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check out the column at 96onthegame.com that I've got a little Friday notebook. I might even comment about that when we come back on the Friday show next. <laughs> Earlier today, Mike Bianchi had a Kenny Loggins song. Uh, no thank you, he is not allowed. Like, oh. dude, come on. Here's uh, Kenny Loggins and Footloose. Why? Because we want to. And we can. Because we love Kenny Loggins. And it's Friday. Feel good. Kenny, go. And sing for us right now.
way, uh, nine songs on the uh, Footloose soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And uh, four uh, top ten hits, five songs that reached uh, the Billboard Top 40. Overachiever here. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, here's the thing. Mike, you can play Kenny Loggins. You're just not allowed to play Kenny Loggins on Fridays. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, check out the column today at 96inthegame.com, little Friday notebook. I wrote about a friend of mine, and I even put a little disclaimer in there, uh, who's a former college football player, successful business person, that was asked to be part of his school's collective, and he decided to not. And he explained, I don't name him for obvious reasons, uh, but I do tell you he did not go to a school in Florida, does not live in Florida, and uh, does not support a Florida school. He went to school someplace else, uh, played there, family uh, played there before him, gives a lot of money to the school, was asked to be part of their, quote, collective, and I shared the story that he shared with me about why he opted to not be part of the collective. And anytime you can work straight cash homie into a column, come on. So check that out at 969thegame.com. Uh, you have a puzzling look on your face. What's wrong? Well, there's just a TV ad. For some reason, the TV in your studio is not working for a talking jack-o'-lantern called the Jabberin' Jack that you put on your porch. Let's bring in Kurt from Maxine's on Shine. What's not to like about a Jabbering Jack, right? A Jack. A jabbering jack, and especially if it's a three-finger jack, bottle of red wine that I happen to serve. But I would, I would, so I would take that jack, that three-finger yeah. jack, over the jabbering jack. But oh, by the way, just to say, jabbering jack could be the thing that you went on a Footloose Friday. Yeah, Scott, you know? you're Mr. A uh, Halloween guy. Would uh, who doesn't want that? It just looks a little. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta learn more about. It. I can't, cause I can't hear the commercial as well. Mm, Mr. I, birthday I, I boy exactly. seems grumpy over there, Kurt. Doesn't I'm just confused. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying right now, Mark, you and I go on Amazon, and we order one for Scott so he can have it for Halloween as his birthday present. Yeah. Besides the beautiful gift of advice that you already gave him earlier today. You Priceless. Know, and, and, and who could want more? That's, price, that's what I'm saying, brother. I'm saying it. You, you can't charge that on a credit card. It's, no, sir. Uh, yeah, it, it, it. It's priceless. Anyway, um, how are you? I know that uh, you know, you know, we were in communication last week. The storm, a little bit of damage. You patched some things up. You were back open and everything. So it was all good with you and the staff and back to normal. Yeah, it is, brother. Yeah, yeah, we kind of, yeah, we were we were bluffed and uh, did did our homework and got some, you know, made sure we battened down the hatches and secured everything. And uh, we reopened on Saturday. And thank you to everybody that uh, that came out and supported. And uh, we've had a wonderful week so far. Which, as uh, due to that, we went ahead and we, you know, we extended magical dining. And so we've been having people coming out for that. Last night, I had a guy that uh, loves, loves, loves the show. And uh, he was so disappointed when the hurricane came because that was the day that he had his reservations and uh, was able uh, to schedule. And good. was just super stoked. And, yeah, and, and, and he, he's giving big thumbs up to you and Scott. And always loves listening. And he was out and having a great time, he and his wife, first time into the restaurant. So that was good stuff. And it's always about taking care of the wife and having a good time. And if I can, I you know, I got a little reminder yesterday. Yesterday was 21 years to the day that I met my beautiful wife, Maxine. Aww. The old-fashioned way in a bar? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the old-fashioned way in a bar. 
That's it, brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so uh, so it, it it it's it's a wonderful day today, and it's a great day for people to come out and come see us. And and for those of you that uh, are still you know dealing with the issues of whether it be flooding or whatnot, sending nothing but good vibes your way. And if you want to get away and you want to come and hang out and uh, and feel some really good positivity and get that grub love going on, you can absolutely do it with us. Uh, yeah. That's uh, good stuff. Again, Maxine's on China's Extended Magical Dining through October the 15th. Yep. Uh, what else you got? Give somebody, uh, you know, well, if they're coming out, what do you recommend? What's nice? What's good? Well, what's it kind of kind of fun going on with that uh, the the, the Jacko Jackoween Lantern kind of theme there? Mark, this year for Halloween, our restaurant uh, we are really fortunate. We partnered with Goodwill uh-huh. of uh, Greater Orlando, and my wife and about six members of the promotions team and marketing team for Goodwill came out this past Monday and Tuesday, and they have completely decked out our restaurant in magnificent. Magnificent stuff. Now, you know, you think about go- Goodwill, you go, you pick up these secondhand things right. and stuff, and you're doing good for others while hopefully you do a little good for yourself. And along the way, you can get all kinds of weird stuff in there. You know, guess what? We got some cool stuff hanging up on the walls. And this upcoming Thursday for the Art and Wine Walk, even though we- we've got the show up and hanging now, it's going to be like the big opening, uh, some free Scooby snacks or Halloween trick and treat kind of stuff going on, some tasty beverages that we're going to do. We're going to really debut the show, and you can come in and you can find pieces that you probably aren't going to find in too many other places that you can buy and take home to decorate your front door or your house, that kind of thing. So I'm really excited. I love it. I love the feeling. You know, when you come into our place, it's always about kind of looking around, well, what's going on over there? What's going on over there? You know, there's different little pieces of life and fun and novelty of of celebrating life is good or or kind of weird. Anyway, uh, we got a lot of that going on right now, brother. So I, if you guys are into the Halloween spirit, that kind of thing, I'd certainly encourage you. You don't have to wait till Thursday to come see us. You can come this weekend. Right now, got rejuvenation brunch going on. Uh, my girl Danny's behind the bar. She's making beautiful Bloody Marys, getting people going. A lot of smiling faces with this beautiful weather that we've got going on. So if you're starting off your weekend early, it's a great time to come on down and do that. Make it some chicken and waffles or get a little crazy. Get that steak Oscar today, Mark. Mm. I know. I know. I, I know. Mm-hmm, yeah. I heard that sound effect because yeah. I know yeah. you're feeling it right there. You're getting out the napkin right now. You're dipping the corner of your mouth. You know, while you're behind that microphone thinking about how good that would be. That beautiful filet mignon, about eight eight ounces in size. That's choice plus grade black Angus prime uh, uh, choice plus beef that's grass fed putting a little blue lump crab meat on top of that, baronets, asparagus, got some scrambled eggs, potatoes, nice southern-style biscuit on the side with it, perfect pairing with that Bloody Mary. So a great way to get out and get your weekend started early. And as we mentioned just a minute ago, we're one of just a few restaurants in town that extended magical dining. So, y'all, if you didn't get a chance to come out uh, due to the storm or for whatever reason you weren't able to join us, it's going on this weekend and goes all the way through next Saturday night. So you got a whole week yet to come out and come join us for that that three course meal forty dollars a person about a 25 percent savings portion of the proceeds going to help out the able trust getting those with disabilities back into the workplace so for all the right reasons to be able to come out taking the great sights of the halloween decorations that we got going on 
getting on with some award-winning food. I'm looking forward to announcing something new coming here very soon for us, uh, Something, some other great uh, news that came out about Maxine's on Shine, and I'll be able to talk about that next week. So just a little teaser there. And, uh, and hey, and by the way, if you want to come out, you can talk a little fantasy football because it's going pretty good for me right now. And, Mark, you're on the rebound, aren't you? I noticed your team. Uh, you're on the rebound. Oh, it's two-star, but it's a runaway machine the last couple of weeks. So now, we're good. from yeah. here on out. Yeah, we're That's good. It. I That's feel it. it. All right. All right. Hey, uh, com to get more details. Have a good weekend, brother. Thank you. The very same to you and yours. All Cheers, right. everybody. Back to wrap up the radio show. We've got a Beat of Sports Overtime on Instagram Live coming up. We'll sing Happy Birthday to Scott in various languages. All still to come. Time for the latest news, gossip, trends, and off-the-wall stories. Trends. Ooh. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I went down this hole. I, I, I saw somebody on Twitter that posted something that said Jerry's apartment in Seinfeld can't exist. Okay. And then they broke down the dimensions of his apartment, which then, of course, I fell down the gap again when someone, I guess, found something posted that shows, no, here's the actual layout of the apartment. And then, you know, like 10,000 people responding, trying to go, well, it's not possible. The square footage was this, this, and this. Why did I just do that? I don't know. Yeah. But, but Kramer, I'm there. But Kramer's apartment, that's real. <laughs> They've got the layout right here. Projected square feet and everything. What the cost would be in New York today for the apartment. I don't know why I went down that path, but uh, oh well. Uh, we're going to do a beat of sports overtime coming up on Instagram Live. It's a shame you can't find Seinfeld, like, televised anywhere. Yeah, nowhere. Just, you know, that poor thing not on there. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... Man, what a rough morning for Russell Wilson on social media. Oh, he's getting torched. Woo. Yeah. The only thing, like, he's he's the, he's like, is he the one that paid to get the the Draymond Green footage out? I don't know. Hey, deflect a little bit off of me. Yeah. Wow. But I did see a tweet. Victor Wambanyama's like, what? I, no one cares about me anymore now. Yeah. I'm not the basketball topic. Yeah. Wow. Not politics, but Ben Sass resigning from the U.S. Senate as a senator from Nebraska to become the president at the University of Florida. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. That was broke yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Resigning from the Senate um, to become the president at Florida. <laughs> a little bit at a left field for those that are following uh, that story. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, we've got Orlando City Soccer Sunday. Yes. The win and in a game against Columbus on Real Radio 104.1. 2 o'clock pregame match begins about 2.55. Bucks and Falcons starts at noon. Uh, pregame and the kickoff is set for uh, 1. We've got Magic Basketball tonight. Magic Basketball tonight in Dallas as the preseason continues. Go over to Instagram Live, little beat of sports overtime. End the week by always reminding you, do something kind for someone who does not expect it. They will appreciate it. You'll feel better about yourself. It's okay to be happy. Okay? Have a nice weekend. See you back here on Monday. Bye-bye.